Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast with Chris and Aaron. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Camping Crew Podcast with yours truly. I'm Aaron Birchall. And I'm Chris Byrne. Can we remind you the offset? It's meant to be a fun podcast. We're just enthusiasts and we discuss on the podcast just to let you know it's our personal views. And we also chat about topics that our listeners have been giving us to chat about. But please do remember that opinions do vary and these are just our opinions and our views. We always start with follow-ups and shout-outs from people who have been getting in touch since the last podcast. So Chris, what have we got? Yeah, we got a, a message from Anya this week. Anya is based in Wexford and she told us that she's enjoying the Camping Crew podcast. She's listening in the car uh, in the mornings heading to work. She said, great stuff. Um, uh, I know she asked uh, about the Blarney campsite as well, so we were a bit of chat about that too. So look, uh, good luck with that. Hope you enjoy your trip to Blarney, Anya. And are they fairly new to the um, motorhome scene? Yeah. Relatively new, I believe. I don't know exactly, good. but uh, you know, relatively new. So it's it's always uh, exciting when you're when you're heading off camping in the early stages. I got a couple of reviews on our YouTube channel, Charlie and me, our camping vlog, and one is from uh, the Kosh Plays. He's been uh, in touch quite regular over the past couple of weeks, usually just giving us thumbs up and saying well done, and he's enjoying the podcast. Thank you so much for these great videos. Uh, you know, I use them as my guide and reference for trips. It's great being able to show my wife and my daughter where we're going. We went to Morris Castle and had a fantastic time. The fish and chips from that shop just outside the park were the best I've ever tasted. Thanks again. Keep up the good work, you guys. And we're off to Kilmore Quay on Friday. So the Kosh plays enjoy Kilmore Quay, you will. And I think you might even up the fish and chips there because they basically come straight off the boat onto the plate. You can't get fresh of that, can you? We got a, a an email from Dennis in Trim during the week. I think we... Uh, Dennis had a little bit over the payload. He sent this message. I'll actually read this message out. He said, hi, guys, over here in France at the moment, listening to your podcast 19 about weight. I'm afraid to move now after listening to the podcast. I have bikes, <laughs> chairs, tables, tent, gear, a car, a car also loaded that I'm towing. Full of diesel, three passengers. There's no doubt I'm over the weight limit, as is 80% of the campers and work vans on the road. Payload is very low on campers as most of the weight is there before they're, they're loaded. There's a company in the UK that can upgrade the weight limits on axles, but you need the lorry or bus license to drive. You also have to bring in for a test every year. They may ask you if there's air suspension or extra spring leaves in. Enjoying the podcast here, sitting at the pool with most of the people listening to as I have it playing on a Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> <laughs> so you may get a few German, French followers. He said, Dennis from Trim, or should I say France? We're going to have to start recording it in English, then hang up, edit it, and then record it in French. Then we're going to have to record it in German. <laughs> <laughs> we'll use Google Translate. I think that'll do it for us on the fly now, won't it? I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I got another one here. Um, we spoke about Kong campsite in a previous podcast, and Victoria was on to say, I'm just back from Kong, and I hated the campsite, which just goes to show, Chris, what I said at the beginning. Opinions vary. She goes on to say, I actually cut my holiday short to get away from it. I got lumped with a noisy group of campers and it was predictable that they were going to be a problem. I asked about whether or not they kept a lid on nighttime noises and they said they did. Nope, they did not. 4.30 in the morning. The campsite felt very closed in with the big hedges, which again I mentioned in the podcast when we spoke about Kong Caravan and Glamping Park. It was a third more expensive than Balina, which is a much more beautiful place. 
I couldn't walk the dry canal either. I drove to another intersection and couldn't walk any further there. Such a missed opportunity. I mentioned that when you go into Kong, there is signs for this canal walk, a dry canal walk. But when myself, Deirdre and Charlie went, we literally, Chris, got about 50 feet. And then it was all flooded and muddy. And Victoria went on to say there that uh, she drove on to another intersection and found it was the same. And with all these greenways and blueways, I think it is a very big missed opportunity by the County Council and Mayo. Definitely. Uh, you know, there's such opportunity to to bring more tourists and campers into locations. You know, it wouldn't be that expensive just to clean away a lot of the, the, the shrubbery and that around it. But on a more important point, you know, you can see here where one group of campers caused uh, a problem for a, a bunch of other campers. And it just shows how that the campsite owners themselves really have to manage the campers that are there. And 24 hours, they need to be kind of on hand to, to manage the campsites. Yeah, I think during the peak season where in Ireland would be from when the kids get the holidays. So definitely from the middle of June, definitely July and August. I think they're going to need to to up the game because it's been coming in a few times on one or two texts or one or two mentions on the videos where noise was a problem or you'd read it on a Facebook or somewhere on multimedia. So I think, yeah, we didn't find that with Kong. Now, I did mention in the previous podcast about the hedges being high and I had seen that on a couple of reviews that people found it very claustrophobic. But there you go. Victoria had a totally different experience to us, which just goes to show that opinions vary and this is why we want to hear from you guys to let us know maybe you were there and you had a great time or maybe you were there and you too had a, had a bad time never know like if victoria had gone on a different weekend when there was a different group of people there it could yeah. have had the best weekend yeah totally absolutely brilliant she could have been saying yeah totally agree we had a great weekend and looking forward to going back again so thank you for getting in touch that was from our charlie and me our camping vlog on youtube you can check out the videos there and please do comment on the videos and like we're getting emails and tweets and getting correspondence on the podcast we're getting quite a few uh, picking up now on the videos as well and we really appreciate it Aaron I think you're just about home for your holidays now from our campsite and stopovers um, chats do you want to tell yeah. us about Ballinacorty House this is the last one it's 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 known that I love the Glen of Arhalow and I have said on more videos and I've even mentioned on podcasts that I love the Glen of Arhalow it's one of my favourite campsites there is a second campsite down there called Ballinacorty House Caravan and Camping Park I've never gone to it. And I'll tell you why, Chris. When you drive from Bancha down into the Glen of Arhalow, the campsite I love is the first campsite. So I felt, well, I'm happy here. I've no need to go any further. But the week when we finished our holidays and Deirdre had gone back to work and that following weekend, we decided, let's go to Ballinacorty House Caravan and Camping Park in the Glen of Arhalow. I sped past the original campsite because I felt real guilty. When we got there, it was fantastic we had such a relaxing time now unit two adults two children peak season 29 to 31 euro and four euro for electricity the showers are free awnings aka safari rooms gazebos they're all free extra child is a bit stiff at four quid and an adult five quid but for you to go in with two adults two children 31 euro plus four for electricity on peak season. It was 23 euro and four for electricity for us with just a unit and two adults. There's no charge for the dogs. Let me tell you about this campsite. 
there is an award-winning restaurant on site, but you have to book. It is part, it's owned by the people who own the campsite, but it's a totally separate entity. And you do have to book the restaurant. You've got to get a reservation, especially for Sunday lunch. There's free Wi-Fi. It's not really all over the campsite. If you're pitched down near the games room, which is right beside the mini golf, which is right beside the hardcore tennis court. There's a Victorian walled garden. And let me tell you about this garden. It's there since 1845. And it's always about 10 degrees warmer in that garden. And there's a hush, a deafening silence. Even if the kids are right outside playing in the playground, the way this garden was built, it was originally built as a vineyard, but it's just beautiful. Electricity, as usual, six to ten amps to washrooms with free showers. Baby changing room with a bath. The kitchen has gas, cooking hobs, microwave, kettle, fridge, freezer, the usual. Television and games room, mini golf, as I said, children's playground, the tennis court. Small seasonal shop. Now, it's really just for camping stuff like the gas, sweets, chocolate, ice cream, minerals. There's ice pack freezing available. And then, of course, the usual chemical disposal. They have... um, a tourist board approved self-catering cottage and they have five approved B&B rooms as part of the hotel and campsite as well. Their website is camping.ie. It's so easy to remember. Camping.ie. Things to do, basically walking, cycling. There's a village about a 15 minute walk away with a pub and a shop and a church. There's plenty of walks and plenty of cycles. There's plenty for the kids to do on site as well. But guys, fantastic campsite. Ballin Accorty House and Caravan and Camping Park in the Glen of Arlo in County Tipperary. Aaron, I remember asking you there a couple of weeks back. I said we were planning on heading up that way. You know, at the end, we didn't end up going. But I was saying if you were to choose one, you know, the the, the Glen of Arlo campsite or Ballina Courty House, yeah. you know, what would be the reasons you'd go for one on one occasion and another on another occasion? I remember you said to me, you know, if you've got kids, the Ballina Courty House Caravan and yes. Camping Park is probably a little bit more catered for kids. Yes, the Glen of Arlow, where George is a fantastic campsite, fantastic pitches. The toilet facilities are clean. He's now got, do you know the way in France you can order your bread the night before, your croissants and stuff? Peak season, George has the ovens for doing all that as well. But there's no entertainment for kids with the exception of a jukebox, a pool table and table tennis. But what? It's still my favourite campsite, Chris. However, if you have children... Ballinacorty is a very good campsite. It's worth going down to either of them, but you did ask, and you had also said before that the way you judge a campsite is, would I go back there again? Yes, I'd go back to Ballinacorty House and Caravan and Camping Park in the Glen of Arlo, but equally I'd go back to the Glen of Arlo Caravan and Camping Park. But if you have children, Ballinacorty, I think, just my opinion, is a better campsite if you have children. And when we go camping, we go camping quite a bit as a group. Um, do you think it's cater for, say, three or four families traveling together? Oh, yes. Um, they have about 40 hard stands. The, the taps, are, you know, it's, it's again one of my pet hates. I've moved off from the showers. There's, there's, the taps are sporadic. You'd need long hoses if you didn't have full water. But they have a center area for tents 
or for motorhomes if the ground is hard. So, yeah, we could literally pull up in one corner of the centre area. There were quite a few families, especially in tents, where they would have, you know, those big five and six man tents. They might have three rooms. There was quite a few families with three of them and the cars. And then they set up the barbecue and maybe gazebo for the parents to hang under. So, yes, um, they don't like groups as in stag nights. And in fact, I'll just read what it says on the website. We cater for a wide variety of campers, but we are not a park for parties. Now, you can play your guitar, you can do your diddly idle do. But yes, if a group of us went with four motorhomes, we could easily have a patch over by the wall or we could take four of the hard stands and still be together. Or yes, park in the middle and not take up any more space than four motorhomes normally would. They must be up and running uh, quite a long time if they have the camping.ie domain. I'd imagine that's a quite sought after uh, uh, web domain. I got chatting to one of the young chaps because I was, he spotted the Charlie and me. And of course we were doing the video and he had a great, he's only about 19, but he was saying that himself, his dad and his granddad worked on getting the walled garden to where it is today. And his granddad's father, which would be his great grandfather started the campsite. So it's, we're on fourth generation now at this stage. It's it's beautiful. I wanted to read a mail we got from Steph. You might remember Steph, he did an interview with us recently. Just a very quick mail. It's not so much uh, reviewing campsite, but more asking about campsites route. So Steph said, just on another thought, if any of the listeners have any suggestions around itineraries for maybe a week or two motorhoming around Ireland with the kids. He said, uh, for example, they're living in the south, uh, the southeast of the country and heading up maybe around Donegal or Mayo, maybe uh, a nice route to head up. It's probably a bit far from Waterford or that area to do a coastal route. So he probably has to go uh, Midlands to get up there. But if anyone has any suggested routes, you might drop it in by uh, email to us or Twitter and we'll tweet it out and pass that on to Steph. It's something that I suppose you could get from Waterford to Donegal. You could get four different routes because people have their favourite campsites or camping spots or, or or places where they want to wild camp. So, yeah, that would be interesting to see. And yeah. we'll give you the contact details at the end of the podcast. Yeah, and I did suggest to Steph to use the um, Motorhome Parking Ireland app because that has not only campsites but a lot of stopovers as well. So I think that would be useful for planning the route because it's quite visual having a map. You can actually see a kind of route and have a look at some of the reviews of the campsites as well. Another thing that I've picked up and I bought this for Deirdre because she's the navigator when we go camping and I've I've read on a, on a couple of different medias where people have, and I didn't know you could get it, but a Wild Atlantic Way map and it's purely just the route of the Wild Atlantic Way. So I went onto eBay and I picked it up and it came in the post the other day and it's quite a substantial map routing out. It's probably 30 or 40 pages routing out the whole route from the top to the bottom or vice versa. Maybe that's a map that's worth picking up as well. And if you wanted to do the Wild Atlantic Way, you could plot out your campsites or your wild camping spots with that as well. So I think that brings us to our tips and camping hacks um, section, Aaron. Uh, I had a, a couple I wanted to mention. The first one is something we did kind of quite early into having our motorhome is uh, you might have seen uh, some of those shoe organizers that you hang, say, on the back of your wardrobe doors. Oh, yes, with the pockets for shoes. Yeah, with little pockets. Four pairs by maybe three rows or something. That's exactly the one, yeah. yeah. We have one of those hanging up in our bathroom. 
um, for extra space and we have like uh, the toothpaste, toothbrushes, the, the, the shower gels and all oh. that type of stuff stored in there. And we find it gives us great space just for the stuff that you use really often and you don't have to store away out of sight, mm. you know. Brilliant. Yeah, I'd never thought that. Well, again, you see there's four of you where there's only the two of us. The actual small batch of press is enough even to carry sunscreens and stuff like that for us. Yeah. The next one I wanted to mention, when we were down in Ardmore, we ran low on water and we had everything in the motorhome was taken down and it was up in a bit of heat this day. So the thought of me actually packing everything away to drive the motorhome over to the tap, I didn't really want to do it. So what I actually did was, I we Ross mentioned those um, plastic buckets for washing out the wetsuits and stuff yes. in. So I, I got the one we had and I washed it all out, cleaned it all out. And I went over to the tap and, and filled that up as heavy as I could carry. And I brought it back into the motorhome. And we have one of those four gallon fresh water, you know, the water bottles, the Ballygale mm-hmm. water, yeah. water bottles. I actually cut a square out of the bottom of that water and I used that as a, 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 a big a, funnel. A funnel, that's the word I was yeah. I used that as a funnel. I got one of the gang to hold the water funnel. gallon up to the funnel and I poured the bucket through that in to fill up the water. And Two trips and I had my water tank in the motorhome almost full. However, do you not think it's worth, I mean, okay, again, you see, and we have to bear this in mind, and we do, in fairness, when we're doing the podcast, there's four of ye where I, I made one trip because remember I had a leak the first weekend, three weekends ago, I sprung a leak in the water. So yes. I drained all my tank and then we fixed the leak and then I literally, all I had was the kettle and a few items. I drove up very, very slowly to the tap and filled it up but I suppose like you would have your tablets and clothes but yeah I suppose it's it's and everything was just thrown around the motorhome and I it was just the thought of actually putting it away it was yeah. easy for me to go and carry the bucket but if you're wild camping and you wanted to go you know you were I don't know near a garage or near a yes. tap but didn't have the connections and you couldn't drive over it's another handy way of just filling your water up quickly if you didn't have uh, a large a large container, like we, we mentioned in one of the, the, the previous podcasts. Oh, by the way, and thank you for loaning me and giving me a chance to get out in your kayak when we were camping la- the last weekend. Uh, it was an experience. And because of it, my darling wife came home the other day with wetsuit shoes. You know, the, the yes. Yeah. And a wetsuit. <laughs> So now all I need is a kayak, but I'm now almost there. I won't be going out in my shorts and T-shirt anymore. It was good crack. And it was great to see Charlie swim out as well, which was because he doesn't get to swim out that deep. And you swam out with him that time. It was brilliant. But thanks again anyway. Just a little side note there. It was was good fun. But getting back to the water. Yeah, water containers. Um, Do you use the shower when you're you're camping or would you just be using it for, for a quick wash? Like what's uh, using up your water so much? Did you go down with a full tank? More or less, but we were there for a full week there, you must oh, remember as well. Right. It wasn't just the weekend, yeah. so it was a full week we were there. So washing up, um, showers, rinsing out hairs and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Quickly because... get through it. What I was going to move on to was uh, an article I read in the uh, Practical Motorhome magazine. I have a subscription to that just to keep up to date on what's happening. And they had a, an article in there talking about the common errors that motorhomers make when they're off um, when they're off touring around. And they suggested, you know, different simple ways to avoid them. The first one they mentioned um, is tires. People don't check their tires they go off, they go off on long touring journeys, you know, across France or around Ireland or whatever. It's just make sure your tires are all up to date and there's no cracks on the side of them and the tread depth and everything is okay. The last thing you want to do is have your holiday spoiled by uh, tires that are uh, out of date or kind of near their end of life. 
Yeah, I don't think that's as big an issue now because of the DOE that we have to do here in Ireland every year, depending on the age of your camper, because you may have fabulous tread, but now they give you, isn't it a verbal warning or they just have to let you know that your your tires may be dated, but still always keep a check on your tires. But of course, you could just check your tire pressures because tire pressure can also uh, inhibit your fuel consumption. So make sure that you, you know the tire pressure is normally on a plate on the door of most vehicles, not just camper vans. So check the uh, tire pressures and make sure that all the tire pressures are, are pretty much bang on. Yeah, yeah. you mentioned fuel consumption there. Another big factor in fuel consumption is actually traveling and touring with a full tank of fresh water or wastewater. You know, what they suggest you do is when you're going touring is to travel with empty water and just fill up when you arrive on the campsites. Again, the less weight, the, the, the mm-hmm. less fuel you're going to consume. Um, it's a, a neat little tip just if you're conscious about that. Just keep some in in case you are stopping en route and you want to make yourself a tea or a coffee. But yeah, uh, now... I'm guilty of that. I like to fill here before I leave the house. Even if I know I'm going to a campsite, I like to be on the road with a a full tank of diesel and a full tank of water. But yeah, you're carrying some extra weight there. Yeah, I tend to travel with, say, about a quarter or half if I go for a weekend. And that typically would get me through a weekend as well. They went on to talk about sterilising water pipes as well, seeing that we're on, if you're bringing your motorhome out of storage, take time to give the pipes a good clean, which is something that I do quite regular anyway. Uh, It's a common mistake for people to use Milton sterilising fluid but this can leave a nasty taste. Now, I use the Milton just to clean my grey water, not my fresh water. I tend to just put in the tablets for my fresh water and run them through. We'll say January or February, if it's been sitting up for most of December, I would tend to just run a full tank of water through the taps while I'm out maybe doing something in the shed. Milton does use uh, leave an aftertaste. I heard of a lady running vinegar through her water system, but then washing it out with two full tanks of water. Now, that's a bit of a waste. Vinegar bicarbonate of soda is kind of good natural kind of treatments, isn't it, for for cleaning out tanks and pipes? Would it not leave an aftertaste? No, because you're going to wash it out. It wash out a lot easier than Milton would do. I mentioned to you a couple of months back, and I only did it there a couple of weeks ago, that I go to, I'm not going to name the shop, but I go to one of the bigger supermarkets and buy their, their cola, not the main brand, not a named brand, but a, a cheap cola where you might get a two litre bottle for 60 cent. I tend to buy about eight litres of that and pour it into my, I have two grey water tanks, one for the shower and bathroom and then one for the kitchen. And I tend to put in about four litres into that, water it down, drive around for a couple of miles, sl- for a couple of miles, uh, slushing it about and then empty it out. And the amount of grit that actually comes out of the tanks, because you know, Bits of cooking are going to get washed. That's down your grey water, Aaron, you're talking about, That's it? the grey water, yeah, not the fresh water for the grey water tanks, just to keep them clean. Somebody else gave me a tip before, and I only thought of when you mentioned it there. It's to stop your grey water from smelling yeah. when you're using it, is to buy a cheap bottle of diluted orange, you know, the cheapest yeah. kind of value pack of diluted orange, and pour half of it into the... Um, grey tank so it smells of uh, you know if your tank is smelly it'll take away the smell and leave a nice orange kind of smell in its place yes, so if you're good idea. Wanted, to, wanted to clean up your tank uh, you know they said don't buy any of the expensive stuff the, the cheapest stuff will do you and for that you know well that's now I do use Milton to clean it out but even that can leave a bit of a smell but yeah that's a good idea I think I'll try that on the next outing just to it's put in some cheap orange yeah. 
Before I move on to fridge care, just wanted to say on the waste and the water section, if you're parking your van up for the winter and storing it away, empty out as much of that water as you mm-hmm. can, because it can kind of, uh, it can freeze and, and cause damage during the winter. You don't want to come back in spring to collect your van and find damage there. I pulled the plug on all the, uh, I leave the taps open on the wastewater tanks. I empty out the main tank. Then I, I run the taps just for a couple of seconds. And then I pull the frost plug, which most, most motorhomes will have down at the bottom of your hot water tank you can just feel around and push down this little button and that drains out practically every single bit of water in your system Uh, i store my camper indoors so it's not really a problem but for those of you who park it on the driver park it outside make sure get out as much water as you possibly can the guys at practical motorhome there in the magazine they mentioned fridge care as well so said when you're returning from a tour it's easy mistake to empty the fridge contents and just to close the door what they advise you do is you actually leave the door slightly opened mm-hmm. and what it does it prevents the the buildup of mildew or mold inside the motorhome it won't prevent it completely but um what you should do when you're parking it up after tour is to clean it as much as you can and then leave the door opened and don't close it yeah i think don't uh, well i know our fridge comes with two settings one locked and one uh, with a little hole latch. in it that you, that you yeah. latch and that stays open and i think that's for that reason they do go on to say, but don't use household products to clean out the fridge if you do get a little bit of mould. Dissolve one heaped teaspoon of, of bicarbonate of soda in a litre of warm water and this will help keep it clean as well. So um, the next they talk about power. Most of us like our home comforts when touring, including TV, electronic devices. So we tend to offer hookup when selecting pitch. If you do use your motorhome to go shopping or visit local tracks, remember to disconnect and don't do what I did once and drive off with your power cable connected. You up. did do that once, Chris. Never again. <laughs> never say never. Well, as I say now, I I tie my, my power lead comes tied with one of them little bicycle straps for keeping your foot on the pedals. And I tie that to my steering wheel every single time. So at least when I get into the camper, even when it's in storage, that lead is there, that that piece of twine is there. And I go, whoops, I've got to unplug. But it, it is easily done. So don't don't beat yourself up about it. They talk about cleaning your toilet cassettes as well uh, thoroughly when you come back from a tour. Because um, you know, on tour you would be just doing a general kind of clean, but clean it out as much as you can. And they even talk about maintaining the um, the, the 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 seals on them with a, yes. a treating silicon spray, which will prevent the rubber from drying out. Now I must say I don't do that. I didn't know that existed, so I'm definitely going to check out some of that. Yeah, I've done that over occasions. Um, it's usually when we're out to be wild camping for a while. Uh, this weekend, especially when we come home, I did take the toilet cassette out the back, filled it with boiling water, gave it a good slush. I'm going to let you read the next one, Aaron. Windows, windows and, and skylights. skylights. Yeah, a costly mistake. Uh, if you drive with your windows or skylights open. Now, I do. And that's, <laughs> that's why I let me read this one. <laughs> I drive, I leave my bathroom one open all the time and I don't mind it with the rain because it's a wet room. So I don't mind if, if it's parked outside the house and rain gets into it but I do drive with our bedroom skylight and I'm looking out the window and they're all open but I have them open in the downward position at the front so they they, they act like a spoiler so the, the wind is 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 rub, ro- running over them as opposed to I've never driven well I don't deliberately drive with them popped up or popped open the wrong way but they do say it's a costly mistake to make and yet it happens a lot and it does happen a lot to leave windows and skylights open when you're leaving a site the last thing you want is for a window or skylight to be ripped off now I have driven off and left when I had the camper that you have and I've left the top window open and I have had to replace 
a top headboard window. And back in the day, I think it came in at like £150. Oh, yeah, and keep an eye on, on latches because in the baking heat, not that we get a lot of it in Ireland, the plastic does go hard. So keep an eye on your latches and your hinges, your locks, that they don't become too brittle as well because, um, again, it can be a costly, a costly fix. Yeah, ours are gone that way now. I have to replace our skylights. I meant to start it this year. I haven't done it, but I definitely have to get that done. Um, they finish off talking about height, know the height, and I'd go as far as say know the height and the length and, and the width of your van, as Ross said in yeah. the last uh, episode, and you know, go as far as even have them written down on, on a sticker on your visor or something as well. So look, some common tips and things to look out for when, you, when you're out uh, touring in your motorhome, just kind of common mistakes that people make. Uh, again, we'll give you the contact details. There might be things that you have that aren't mentioned in that article or that we have never discussed, and we'd love you to get in touch with us. Uh, and we'll give you all the contact uh, details at the end of the podcast. Yeah, as I said, I got those uh, ideas from the Practical Motorhome magazine. It's a, as I, said, I have a subscription to that now, and it's, it's a good magazine. So if anyone's interested in little gadgets and products and stuff like that, that's a good magazine for that. This brings us to the Camp Life section. And we got uh, a message from Ali from the Motorhome Crack Group, and Ali's also involved with the Motorhome Parking Ireland. He got in touch via Twitter to say that um, they have uh, decided uh, upon a new term for wild camping. Oh, brilliant! And he's going, and what they're going to call it is just simply motorhome parking. So I replied to Ali and said, "You know what?" I said, "It's such a simple idea. Instead of calling it wild camping, just call it motorhome camping." That's what it, does it is. Exactly what it says on the sticker: motorhome, yes. motorhome parking, not camping. Sorry, motorhome, motorhome, yeah, motorhome parking. parking. I think it's 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 just so simple. Uh, I'm just kicking myself. I didn't think of it. Now, uh, all all due respect to Ali, he probably didn't think of it either. Uh, we were talking about buying a motorhome in the last few episodes, and um, I came across a, a, an article recently on um, clickliverpool.com um, about the cost of owning a motorhome or a caravan. And it just gave me some headings just to think about. And just, you know, when you're looking at getting a new motorhome, you're not just buying the vehicle, but you've got a, a whole bunch of other costs yes. involved as well you know so the cost of buying the vehicle is by far the, the biggest cost but look one of the other things to think about is the cost of insurance that's quite important even if it's a caravan you've got to make sure that you get because you can get caravan insurance so this is not just motorhome insurance but if you're buying a caravan as well uh, and of course then if you're buying a caravan you've got to make sure that you have a vehicle that's strong enough to tow said caravan so that could be an extra cost as well on the caravan end of things definitely yeah you might even have to get a, a tow hitch fix, fixed to a mm-hmm. to your vehicle if, if you don't have it you know uh, other costs would include would include storage and you store yours at the side of the house am i right you have you have plenty of space at your mansion yeah, well, yeah, man, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would like to be able to store my motorhome indoors. I am looking into a, a, an option for the following winter just to kind of protect it a bit more. You know, you spend a lot of money buying your camper van. If you can do, it's always good to store it indoors where it's going to be free from the elements and free from any sort of um, uh, secure, uh, uh, more secure. But, 
Yeah, well, secure as well. But I've taken to like um, a, a brother-in-law of mine had a motor a few years back, and um, uh, some sort of critter got inside it and oh, no. spent a, a winter living inside the foam in these cushions. Yeah, and of so course, then of, they can eat cables and they can do a lot of damage. Yeah, they, I think they ate their way up to the floor. Now it didn't cost too much in the end. It was just the cushions and a, a bit of patchwork. But you know, there's lots of different things that that can go wrong having your motorhome out in the elements. So storage is quite important uh, thing to factor in as well. You know. Yeah, I have mine stored indoors, but I'm looking out. Our last motorhome was stored on a, on a friend's farm, and like you say, it's out in the elements, and it was getting green and getting mildew. And so, thankfully, this year, well, actually, now I'm 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 heading into my second year of indoor storage, but it's just a big storage unit. Now, you could end up getting your own garage or your own storage, or like me, you could end up sharing with. I'm sharing with three boy racers that happen to have their cars in it as well so yes it's a cost if you're not going to be parking it or you don't have the facility to park it outside the house and you want to get storage it is a cost and of course so that goes with the insurance and the original purchase of the vehicle as well yeah i think charlie is a is giving his two cents there as well <laughs> another <laughs> thing you've got to of course you got to go and again it's with with them with a caravan uh, running costs because you're going to have Towing is going to obviously cost more on diesel or fuel, petrol, whatever you happen to be driving if you're towing a caravan. And then said maintenance, tires and stuff for the caravan as well. Yes, yeah, servicing. You've got to think of servicing as, as well as the tires and DOE costs when you're talking about the... Um when you're talking about the, the, the motorhomes and camper vans and you've got the cost of buying diesel and filling it with the accessories like the canisters of gas and and all of that, you know? Yeah, tables and chairs... Uh, if if your camper doesn't have an awning and you want an awning, even if it's just a, a pull-out awning, not even going into getting a safari room, uh, and then all the cut, cutlery and crockery and pots and pans, and then when you think you have it all, you'll see somebody else on a campsite with something and you'll want that as well. Or, like camper we are in October, you're going to go to a show and you're going to come home with two bags full of bits that you don't need but you want. So it just shows you like when you're thinking of buying a vehicle, don't forget to leave a, a, a bit of cash just for, for all of those extras that you, you need after the fact. Yeah, and shop around when it comes to insurance because sometimes if you join a club, it might be cheaper and sometimes it's just cheaper to, to go it yourself. But remember, I know in Ireland, if you have a motorhome, it has to be your second vehicle. You must have at least one other vehicle in the family before you can get insurance on a motorhome. So I think that's it, Aaron. I think we've uh, we've come nicely to uh, an end, have we? And then, yeah, all we have to do is for a wrap up, uh, I give you the details. Can I remind you? And again, thank you to everybody who has subscribed to Charlie and me, our camping vlog. That's our YouTube channel where we review campsites that we've been on and stopovers and airs and also products so it's charlie and me our camping vlog and we have a website campsitereview.com again it's a forum where you can do in writing you can write about products campsites be they in ireland england europe wherever it's campsitereview.com click on the forum page just open up a topic and then if it needs to be moved into a topic our, our admin will look after that campsitereview.com and charlie and me our camping vlog and chris has the contact details for the podcasts yes if you want to email us you can email us at campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com and you can tweet us um, in public at the camping crew. So that's the at sign, the camping crew is where you'll find us there. You can uh, send us a direct message there or, or drop us an email. And as always, we ask for your ideas, your campsites, your products, your camping hacks, your news, any 
items that you'd like us to discuss on the podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast. This has been episode 20 of the Camping Crew podcast from Ireland. And please do tell your friends about us and thank you for subscribing. And if you haven't subscribed, please do subscribe now. And that way then you'll just get notified every time we put up a new podcast and we try and get them up uh, every week. Yeah, those subscriptions are really important for helping us grow the show as well you know the more people we have listening the more that the uh, podcast providers start to promote the, the the podcast even greater and that helps us grow the numbers and keep going keep doing what we're doing you know yes so thanks everybody who's subscribed thus far and for those of you who are thinking about it please do subscribe so that wraps it up for episode 20 as we say from the camping crew i've been aaron virtual and i'm chris byrne and we'll talk to you again very very soon and stay safe bye bye Well, that's it for another podcast from The Camping Crew. Thanks for listening and do join us again very soon. Safe camping.